Hey guys, this is Jay Lethal, the Blank Machismo, and woo, the Nature Boy, and you're listening to the Podciantino Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Pots and Bands Network proudly brings to you its tag team champions of the world, the Road Dog, Tino Gray. The we 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 are the world champions. Uh, the, the badass Rob Potsy Potjack. We are the the old age outlaws. That's right. We are the Potsy and Tino Show. Our theme song, as always, is brought to you by Adam's House Cats, called the Wrestling Song. You can find him on Twitter at. HootieFan91. You can find me on Twitter at Pachak. You can find the show on Twitter at Potsy and Tino. And of course, we've got a Facebook page that we asked everybody if they wanted to give us some questions. And Tino, I didn't see any questions come in, so I think we're just gonna we're just gonna wing it tonight, right? Yeah, with that, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think. I don't think I've had anything exciting happen. What? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Nicole was sick, and now she's better. And then, you know, I had a little cold and played shows. And we had a pl- You know, she was supposed to actually be a guest star on this episode. Yeah, she was until we started doing this at 11 o'clock at night. She's got to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's true. That's true. Nicole is a teacher. So we, we are going to make sure that we get her on the show because we want to talk about the Oxford comma, and we want to talk about the, uh, what, what was the other one? <laughs> making sure people use their apostrophes properly that's right that's right you know you know what what grade is she what grade is she teaching now fifth grade she teaches fifth grade so she is teaching fifth grade and uh she posted a video on facebook folks um nicole denardo gray and uh and and it is awesome. It's all about how she hates how people don't use their apostrophes properly. Sending out Christmas cards. It's so good. It's so good, folks. I like, like honey, really. Yeah. Well, you know what? We all have we all have our vices, and yeah, uh, that is of hers. And and it. And it's funny because I was driving home from work the other night and, and I'm sitting there talking to Tino on the phone and Tino's like, why the hell are you calling me? And, uh, <laughs> well, no, 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 it started out like really was. You started texting that well, war and peace novel to me and Nicole's like, who are you texting? I'm like, that's daddy Seamus. And she's like, well, what is he saying? And I'm like, and so I was like, I was kind of filling what we were talking about. And then you, and then I'm like, man, we were trying to watch a show. And every time we get into it, like, okay. Yeah, well, that, that's that's because that's because as a texter, I sit there and I finish a statement and I hit enter, so I so it goes to you, and then I start another statement and it goes to you, and then you know, so so like everyone else sits there and like just writes out like nineteen paragraphs in one text and I'm like that's not how you're supposed to text you're supposed to text by like you know you finish that statement you, you send it you you finish the next one you send it you and and that's that's how I do it but uh but yes I can totally see that but it's it's even funnier folks because I realized I was doing that to Tino so I then just went you know what screw it I'm going to call him and <laughs> and then of course she's like who's calling you right now and and you're like it's it's daddy Seamus again <laughs> 
I mean, I had just gotten off work. I, I work retail, you know, like it's 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 Black Friday weekend. I'm yeah, gonna, So, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was talking about how, like, like, you know, I have a hard exterior, you know, like, like a, like a Reese's peanut butter cup and, and, uh, and, and of course I, I have a, a very soft center, you know, because I'm just, I'm just super sensitive and everything, but, but, uh, somehow it, 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 it went down and it degenerated until talking about the tip and you get just the tip. He did not hang up, by the way. In fact, his wife wanted to hear more. But, but uh, <laughs> I didn't say. I said this is where the call ends. <laughs> you did say that, and then it didn't end. But uh, <laughs> so so for those for those watching, for those listening, however however you're getting your your Potsy and Tino Phil, I, ju I just want to go ahead and say that that tonight, uh, like every six months or so, Tino and I decide we are going to do an episode that is not kid friendly. Not for all audiences. And and we go ahead and we say we are R-rated. We're rated R for Pazientino. Yes. Yes, we're, we're the rated R superstars, as you just saw Tino wearing his Pazientino shirt. There you go. You, you got to say something. They, they don't see you on the camera if you, uh, if you don't say anything. They see me on... Oh, sorry. So, yes, here's my Pazientino shirt with the... Uh, I think at the time... Uh, Rob designed this. It was uh, it was the the old uh, Bullet Club logo. Bullet Club. Yeah, I'm tired. Sorry, I can't think. Yeah, no, no. It's it, you know we're coming at you live. Uh, it's it's 10:50 at night on on the 25th of November. Uh, after you know Tino's Tino's been off a couple of days eating turkey and tryptophan and all that good stuff and and exactly was kicking in. We had said we had we um. Uh, so you know, my, uh, for those you guys who don't know, my father-in-law is a traveling nurse, so he was in Buffalo, so he missed actual Thanksgiving. So here at the house on Thanksgiving Day, we just had my mom and my grandma came in, and it was it was awesome. They stayed the night. We had an awesome time. But today we had, I guess, uh, Thanksgiving part two, and uh, father-in-law came over, and brother-in-law, so and then we all laughed and had a good time and ate more of the turkey. The twenty, we had twenty-pound turkey. Yeah, you know what's even funnier than all that, Tino, is the fact that tonight, out of all the nights that we've done this show, the background of our rooms actually looks exactly the same color tonight. And they are, yes. Your your that bedroom is the same color as the as the wall we painted. You were, I don't think you were here when we painted the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been there when you actually painted, but but it's just so funny because it looks like we're actually sitting next to each other. And folks, we are not. We're we're coming at you. I I am in Durham, North Carolina. He's in Apex, North Carolina. But uh, you know, we're in the same time zone, although it doesn't feel like it. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times. Oh, it definitely doesn't feel like we're from the same time zone. No, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, so Tino, um, you know, normally we we try to we try to do about an hour of of you know wrestling talk, and and there's 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 a shit ton going on in wrestling right now. I mean, like like we've had heel turns, we've had face turns, we've had we've had Ronda crying in the middle of a match. We've had we've had you know like. Like Alexa Bliss might not actually ever wrestle again at this rate. Who knows? You know, we've got all this craziness going on, and yet all I want to talk about is like, what did you have for Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, dude, we 
we had the 20-pound turkey. I'm trying to think of everything. We had the 20-pound turkey. But was that Matthew, the 20-pound uh, turkey? No, he'd be a 100-pound turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a jive-ass turkey? He's a jive-ass. He's a soul. <laughs> I love it. So, we had turkey. We had uh, green bean casserole. We had sweet potato casserole. So we good. had carrots. We had stuffing. We had mashed potatoes. We had, um, I think that's it. We had, and then, of course, we had rolls. Nicole made cranberries. I'm, I'm not big on cranberry sauce, but we had that. And was it out of a can? Was it, was, uh, it like, was it like the can? No, she made it. She made it from scratch. She went and actually bought cranberries, and she makes it. She makes it from scratch. I'm impressed. Yeah, and uh, then of course my mom came, and she knows I like sweet potato pie. Now, why this woman bought four pies? I'm not trying to get here. Take a pie home. We had sweet potato pie. Nicole made a uh, homemade apple, blueberry, and I think blackberry pie. It was pretty tasty. Was it? And, was it apple, blueberry, and blackberry all in one pie, or was it yes. three different? Wow. You got any of that left? Yeah, we have a little piece of that left. Yeah, we have a little bit. You can check that out. That's pretty good. Put, put that in the freezer for me. I will. I'll put that in the freezer. <laughs> and, then, and then my grandma bought a coconut cake. So, I mean, I got all this food that I don't need here. So no chocolate pie? Mm-mm. Now, what you guys have? So, so we, uh, my mom, my mom and sister decided to bring a uh, uh, honey-baked ham and turkey. So, yeah, yeah, uh, we we had we had all different types of types of stuff because obviously you know the diet that I'm on, my sister's on, my brother-in-law's on. We we we've got to have different things. So they had they had like a, um, a cauliflower casserole that they did that that was basically like cauliflower, uh, bacon and cheese, and it and it basically just tasted like like like. Um, macaroni and cheese with bacon. I mean, it, it, that's you know, so that that's pretty delicious. Uh, my my other sister brought us brought us these keto rolls, and and I gotta tell you, okay, so so they were this, yeah, I know, yeah, they, they were like this grayish color, right? So that so what they reminded me of is when you watch one of those TV shows or movies that are based in like the 1300s. And you, you see a guy in the jail cell, and it's like, here, here's your meal, and they give you, like, that chunk of bread. It kind of looked like that. That doesn't sound appetizing. It didn't taste bad. I, I you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here doing this low-carb diet. Let's go ahead and try it. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I, I, was, I wasn't impressed, but I wasn't disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was like right at that level, you know? But, uh, but, but on top of that, you know, we, my, my, my sister who's on the diet decided she was going to make the chocolate pie this year. And, uh, and, and Tino's moving around folks. So, so I don't know if you're, if you're catching that, but he, he just wanted to make sure that you saw the, the logo of the show again. But, uh, <laughs> but, but so, so Michelle, my sister made, made a chocolate pie and, and apparently there's a way to make like chocolate pudding out of avocados no 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 don't do that no no it so so she did it and it's and it's not terrible the the problem that that we had with it was it was kind of bitter and the reason why it was bitter was because it was it was 
more chocolate, like cocoa, than it was actual like chocolate with the sugar in it. So so it, it needed a little bit more like fake sugar or something to to put chocolate like that cocoa powder in there to make it taste chocolatey. Yes. Dude, it was it was probably the richest thing of chocolate you'd ever t you'd ever try. The problem is, is that you know me having worked at Godiva Chocolatier, I'd had seventy two percent cocoa before, and seventy two percent cocoa is not is not appetizing to most people because because they 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 need sugar in it, and and that's, that's the kind of stuff my mother in law she's very healthy conscious like that and so when she says you want some of my chocolate bar i was like oh it's a candy bar dude i've been in that shit no that it was she's oh yeah it's COVID. i should say that stuff you were talking about i'm like don't ever get that to me again now however tonight i found these little guys these little reese's peanut butter cups that are uh, sorry folks i i can't seem to get it to, to i can't seem to get it to 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 catch it oh there we go sugar-free and and uh, you can eat three of them with with only getting one gram of carbs. So so uh, I, I I made sure that my brother in law actually tried them, and, and he was like he was like I, I can't tell the difference. I mean they're actual Reese's peanut butter cups, but they're but they are low carb Reese's peanut butter cups. And and hopefully everybody tonight, uh, not just because I'm wearing a polo shirt or whatever, but everybody tonight can actually see the difference when you actually look in my direction over here uh, on the YouTube on the YouTube show of how uh, just in one month's time, because yesterday Tino was exactly one month since I started this diet, and uh, I am I'm currently down 22 pounds. Nice stuff to explain to everybody what it is again. I know you kind of we kind of glossed over it on uh, the show before. Pretty much, what are you not eating? Uh, I'm not eating anything that I like. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, uh, for 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 all for all intents and purposes, um, I, I can tell everybody right now. I've cut out pasta. I've cut out potatoes. I've cut out rice, and I've cut out bread. Uh, how, how, how? What do you mean, how? Take no sandwiches, nothing. Nope, no sandwiches. However, we did find, uh, and my sister actually bought it, it's, it's in our freezer right now, a one gram of carbs per slice of bread. Now, I haven't tried it yet, uh, but, but we did find, um, we did find the... Quite a few different options in terms of like pitas and things like that that you can get that can keep you low carb as well. So, so I, I did find a really cool low carb, like six grams of carbs uh, pita that when you add like a vodka sauce or something like that, like a red vodka sauce and then mozzarella cheese and then cook it, you could actually make like a like a personal pan pizza out of. That you know is like that thick and everything. So so it, it and and folks that are listening on on iTunes or, or Stitcher, uh, basically about half an inch thick pizza, um, and, and the whole thing is is I mean it's delicious because you're using the real you know you're using real mozzarella cheese, you're using um, different different deli hams or 
or pepperonis or whatever you want to it because because the meats aren't affecting your blood sugar and glucose levels or whatever and they're not they're not negatively affecting how many carbs you take in so so uh for for me i've i've pretty much i don't know on on a on a good day i'm probably taking in 20 to 25 grams of carbs on a bad day i'm probably taking in about 60 grams of carbs um i've had personal pizzas and stuff like that that were actually still, you know, with with the actual pizza. Um, but, yeah, down down 22 pounds as of this morning. Um, you know, I've, I've even found that you can drink Mick Ultra, Michelob Ultra, to, uh, to, to get past that beer craving if you actually want beer. Um, most, most actual, like, whiskeys or, or vodkas are actually very low carb. So you can sit there and still, if you're, if you're a person like me that likes to, uh, um, likes to indulge in adult beverages, you can. Um, but we, we literally went through a list of all the lowest carb alcohol, uh, based beers and stuff. And Michelob Ultra is 2.6 grams of carbs while still being 4.2% alcohol. Uh, per volume, so so you actually get the most alcohol intake for the lowest amount of carbs that you can take in with with Michelob Ultra. So so we nice. we've we've turned to cat piss basically is what I've what I've been told. Yeah yeah. So <laughs> but but no, literally in in you know thirty days now uh I've been able to lose twenty two pounds um I'm already below the weight that my doctor wants me at in May the next time I see him, so I'm hoping that as long as I can stick to it because you know like the idea of eating like potatoes or something's just super super interesting to me like i I really you know now that I've gone thirty days on on this semi diet you know like I said, I've had pizza twice. Um, now that I've done that, I, I, you know, I kind of want to reward myself by going ahead and having, having potatoes. But, but the, uh, the whole thing there is that like, I don't think I should do that this week because, because Thanksgiving happened. And of course I, I tried some of the stuff that I probably shouldn't have in took more, more carbs than I should have, you know, all that kind of stuff. But but it's interesting because because anybody that's looked at my Facebook page two weeks into the whole uh, dietary change of what I was eating, you know, people saw a difference. Um, there were about a hundred people that actually that actually liked uh, or or even you know changed changed their their little like status on it. But but then you know like 20, 25 people actually like like sat there and and were just congratulating me on how great. I looked from it and, and it wasn't about them seeing it. It was about me sitting there saying, this is a change I'm making in my life. And, you know, you, you and you and Nicole had started something similar for a little while. And, uh, and then, and then like you blew out your knee or something and, and you kind of, you kind of fell off the wagon, right? Yeah. I'm trying to get back on the wagon there. So like I said, I was going to get left on holidays. And I know me, I know me, I'll try to, I'll try to be good in the holidays, but then you, Stick some rolls and mashed potatoes in front of me and all the desserts. So, I'll make sure you get some of those gray rolls that I was eating, and 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 you won't want rolls anymore. So I'm like looking around with all this stuff. I'm like, we gotta throw some of this stuff away or give it away. 
send it to school when Nicole and say, here, take that to the kids. Oh, look at you. Look at you doing that whole yawning thing. Oh, God. Come on, man. It's it's too early. It's it's only 11. It, you are old. Shut up. I'm old too, bro. I'm old too. But you know that 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 leads us that leads us to some other stuff here. You know, um, so so what what what's Tino got going on for like New Year's? I know we're about a month away from from like setting up New Year's plans and all that cool stuff. But but Tino Gray's got something going on, right? Tino Gray will be DJing on New Year's Eve at Doherty's in Apex. I believe I was, I think it was uh, 9 to 12 or 10 to 2, somewhere in there. Um, but it will be rocking in the new year. I'll be DJing, spinning the wheels of steel. So I'm like, I, I, I like doing I like I like DJing and, and watching people uh, – Watch people get drunk. That's my that's my entertainment. So they're, I'm entertaining them. They don't know what's entertaining me. I think we've had this discussion. I think you've been at a couple of shows where I don't think, and, and for everybody who's listening, or, or if you're watching on Facebook or on, on uh, YouTube live, yeah, let me explain to you. <laughs> Just because I'm up there, especially when I'm up here doing my acoustic thing, I see and hear. More than you think I than I, I see it here. Not on his um, birthday, folks. Not on his birthday, he doesn't. Not on my birthday. I don't think I knew my name on my birthday. <laughs> I, I've heard conversations from girls talking about what guy they want to do, what positions they like. I've, I've heard all these conversations. So, so if you're out at a bar and there is acoustic music going on, be careful what you say because you never know who can hear you. What makes it even funnier is that, you know, like, like the way that fate is and, and, you know, karma and all that, you're going to sit there and you're going to start talking about like what Tino's mentioning here, like the positions and everything else. And the music's going to stop because Tino's actually going to just hit the, hit the button. He's going to hit the kill switch. And, and before you know it, you're going to, you're, you're going to be sitting there going, and that's when I let him put it in my butt. You know, it's, that's actually happened where the, I don't even stop the music. You know, the music's loud, it's pumping, and right between when it's switching, the, the music will cut off and I'm fading to another song. So it gets real quiet all of a sudden. And <laughs> that's when you put it in my butt. <laughs> everybody's looking at her like, you're a freak. <laughs> and, and, you know, all of a sudden, like, like all those weird dudes that everyone's like, I don't want to talk to them. They're like, they're like walking up to her, like, like hey, baby. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> How you do? So yeah, that's what I'll be, I'll be doing that. And like I said, so looking forward to that. Trying to get Rob to come out and hang out with me on New Year's Eve and crash on my couch. Okay, real quick. That light across the street keeps going across your face and it's distracting me. I don't know if it's distracting everybody else. I I tried to cover it up, man. I, I tried. I know if I'm seeing it, they're seeing it too. It just hit Nobody's me again. So, so everybody that, that that sees it, you know, like we we've got the uh, the LED lights outside. Yeah, one just hit me, and there it goes right there. Uh, we've got the LED lights out there for for Christmas. We just leave them on all all night long. It doesn't matter, you know. It's like Lionel Richie song. All night long, all night, all night. You know, but but yeah. So so you'll see it going by me. I apologize for that. The the fact is is that you know. We don't turn it off. It just goes and goes 
and goes. And and it's really weird because when I'm trying to sleep and all the lights are off, it's like I'm looking at like a laser light show going on in my room. So, you know, because you see like one or two going on and, and I see like on the ceiling, it, it's it's literally wow. like a... It's literally like a scene out of like Toy Story with the with the lights out and the uh you know the the the, the little Martian characters and shit. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah, the the what is it like the the claw? <laughs> so so yeah, um, so Tino, what else do you have going on like like? Next couple weeks, you got anything? You know, now that we know that you're going to be out in Apex, you're going to be you're going to be pumping the jams, you're going to be doing all that stuff for New Year's. Although apparently, folks, he's trying to get out nine to twelve when everyone knows that New Year's is like you got to be there like eleven to two. I think I'm there ten to two. I don't remember the time. I'll let you know for sure. So let's see what I can tell you. So this week coming up, I'm checking my calendar. December the 1st, the trio is going to be at the same place, Doherty's and Apex. We'll be there. Uh, I know that shows 8 to 11, so I'm looking forward to that. 8 um, to 11? Yeah, we're, that's those are early shows. I love those shows. Dude, that reminds, me, that reminds me of the band I used to be in. What band? You know, the, the band Free Beer 8 to 11. Shut up. Yeah, you remember it. Like like our buddy Fubar was in the band, oh, Parker that, and Arnie. Yeah, 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 we, we, we called ourselves Free Beer 8 to 11 back then. What'd you play? Well, I, I was the singer. What did Fubar play? Fubar actually played, like, lead guitar. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Who was the drummer? Uh, Parker. Parker was the drummer. But, but you know, we called ourselves Free Beer 8 to 11 because we thought it would look good on a sign. Yep, yep, and then I'd bring people in. I'd totally bring people in once. <laughs> Uh, in in a in a dining room. <laughs> a dining room. <laughs> we we never got past the point where we were actually like ready to actually take a take a gig, you know. Although although at at the place that we would have taken a gig, uh, I do remember that one Tino Gray actually did have me come up and actually and actually sing for him while he took a break. Was that at Arnie's? Oh yes, yes, at Arnie's at Arnie's bar way back in the day. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. the The only place that wouldn't get mad at you for not singing all the songs yourself. <laughs> Let him sing. Let him sing. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, man, that that was a lot of fun. I I miss those days. You know, I I I just I just miss singing karaoke from time to time. Uh, I, I have no idea. I know I went out there one night and it was, it was, uh, Robert White was running the whole show and, and it wasn't supposed to be a karaoke night, but before I knew it, like everybody was singing karaoke. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to go sing karaoke. Wait, tell me, it wasn't supposed to be a karaoke. What was he doing? I, he was just doing Robert White's dance party, you know? Like, so how did it turn into karaoke? I think someone said, can I sing? And, and he was like, well, no one else is doing anything. So, uh, why not? <laughs> Did he have the screen? The, yes, yeah, 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 he did. It's just, you know, like, he had to hook everything up, and everybody's like, is, is this actually a karaoke show now? Like, what's the deal? 
and I just happened to be there. Like, like I hadn't been there in years. And, uh, all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, like, well, shit, I want, I want to sing some karaoke. And, and he's like, all right, I got you next. I got you next. And then like an hour and a half later after FUBAR showed up, we, we, we finally got to sing some songs and it was like, well, why did it take an hour and a half? He's like, he's like, I called you up and you weren't here. I was like, I was looking right at you the whole night. Like you, you, you didn't call me up. Don't, don't, don't blame me for your, for your incompetence here. You know, like you, you know how it is. Yeah. You know, you got, you got certain people that are really good at karaoke and then you got other people that are like, whoa. Well, we're not even supposed to be doing karaoke tonight, so uh, blah, 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 blah. you know, just making up words and shit. <laughs> times I miss running karaoke, but a lot of times I don't. Well, you know, I, I've I've been trying to talk to the people in Morrisville about getting you in over there, so that so that you could do a karaoke show once a week, so that you know, and I, you and I would get to hang out more often. Where? Over at Ruckus. You're not gonna do karaoke at Ruckus. Oh, I, I think I think if I keep working at it, uh, we 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 yeah, could. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the karaoke. I have to get it. We could we can work it out. We can make it happen. Heck, I think Fubar's got all the equipment. <laughs> could you imagine the three of us doing karaoke? <laughs> that would be scary. Oh, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. It'd be like Fubar. You only know three songs. Stop it. Let other people sing. We get paid. Let other people sing. Come on, Fubar. Exactly. Exactly. You, three. Three. You, you know three songs. Shut up. You, you already What's did up? all of them. So what songs do you know? I know he knows the Bad Touch. Yeah, he knows the Bad Touch. He he knows uh he he knows uh Little Red Corvette by, by yeah. Prince and and uh, and uh, Dear Chasey Lane. That was it. That's the yeah. one he used to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just bad touch. I'm like, I, I can't see that. Yeah, you know, he knew all the Bloodhound Gang songs. Like, he's that and that and uh, um, uh, you know, I can't remember. It was a ska band that he that he liked so much. Uh, real Big Fish. He oh, knew man. all the Real Big Fish songs. Like, like she's got a girlfriend now. <laughs> so. So all right, so so we've talked about you. Talk about you. Oh, oh, you about want you want you want me to talk about me? So uh, this this Wednesday, I will be out at Arkham Comics Rocky Mount with issue number two of Junior High Horrors. Now, now I'm going to step away for just a second, you know. So so entertain the crowd. I'll be right back. This is all of my copies right here. Junior High Horrors number two. This this right here, by the way, is the is is my cover. This is the one I drew. This is the Lethal Weapon cover. It, it uses the the logo font and everything of Lethal Weapon. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I can tell you right now, 
it looks like Junior High Horror's number two is going to sell out just as fast as Junior High Horror's number one. I'm really excited about that information. Number three, just so everyone knows, needs to be ordered this week by their local comic store to make sure they get a copy right now. Like, like if you know, it's it's probably too late to actually get anybody who's actually running a comic book store to order it for them. But hopefully. They have all ordered their copies of Junior High Horrors number three, which, by the way, is the issue, the specific issue that Robert Kirkman may have made the statement that our comic is awesome. Now, now those that those that don't know, Robert Kirkman is the creator of The Walking Dead, which is the most popular and famous image comic of all time now. And uh, based on seeing him at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I gave him a copy of our, of our preview book. And, and of course, he, he actually said that, that uh, based on the concept and everything, that it was awesome. Um, but I'm not legally allowed to say that he said it was awesome. So that's why on the book itself, it actually says the book that Robert Kirkman may have said, that's awesome. Um, so, so that's that's part of the story. Uh, the the really cool thing about it is, literally, he did say it was awesome after he thought he after he said, "I thought you were gonna stab me." Um, <laughs> what? Wait, what? Well, so so I walked up while he was while he was signing for you know like doing an entire signing, and I walked up because my booth was right next to his. And I kind of snuck up behind him to hand him a copy of the book, like, like, whoop, like that. And out of nowhere, he was like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And I'm like, I just wanted to give you a copy of my book. And he's like, oh, shit, I thought you tried to stab me. And I, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not trying to. I, I, I'm literally at the booth right next to you. Wanted to give you a copy of my book because, you know, obviously you're pretty famous and uh, would love to hear what you have to think about it. And and he didn't get a chance to tell me what he thought about it besides when he said, well, what's it about? And I said, well, it takes all your favorite horror characters, uh, takes, those, take the, takes those iconic character um, tropes and, and turns them into 12-year-old kids. And he goes, wow, that's awesome. And I was like, can I use that? And he said, he said, can you use what? And I said, the quote, that's awesome. And he goes, he goes, Aah. and I said, can I say Robert Kirkman may have said that's awesome? And he said, he goes, he literally looks at me and goes, go ahead and run with that. Nice. So, so because the book is a parody book anyway, we were able to sit there on the book and and make sure that we that we did put Robert Kirkman may have said that's awesome, um, and and actually I don't know if that has helped the sales, but if it has, Robert, thank you so much. It really means it really means a lot to me uh, that that we were able to to do that. But you know, issue two, like I said, launches on Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I'm going to step away for another second because I'm going to show you guys what what will be available at cover price um, on Wednesday. 
the only day that this that this book will be available at cover price. Um, it's it's pretty exciting to me. I, I I'm blown away by by who we were able to bring in and actually have to do this cover. So so Tino, go ahead and, and talk for for another thirty seconds or so, and then I'll be right back. So when he comes back, I'm going to get him to explain the, the cover price. I'm guessing it's the price that they put on the cover of the uh, of the books there. Um, I, I, I want my copy of the book, so if you guys are watching this, you make sure you, you put on his Facebook and his Twitter account, free comics for Tino. Free comics for Tino? No, no free comics for Tino. Tino's got to buy it like everybody else just so that I can actually like make this my career. So this this version, <laughs> this version of number two, by the way, just so oh, everyone knows, this this ver this version right here is by Lewis Small Jr., who is a former Vampirella, Batman, and many many other other uh, comics. He he actually did this cover. This one is an Arkham Comics exclusive. You can see right there. Although, like I said, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna get in in focus. But Arkham Arkham Comics in Rocky Mount and and in Wilson, North Carolina, this one will be available at their shops. the The only day, because there is only a hundred copies of this cop of the of this version available. The only day you can get it for cover price of $4.99 is Wednesday at Arkham Comics if you walk into the shop and say, I want that book today and I want it signed by the creators. So after that, what, what, how much is it going to be? It's probably going to be $9.99. It's probably going to be 10 bucks at that point. Oh, damn. So, in fact, it's it's funny. While we're doing this show right now, I just got a I just got a message from Bill, the uh, the the owner and operator of Arkham Comics, that said, "How many copies of number three do I need?" So, so my personal copies will be will be purchased through through uh, Arkham Comics, and I'll probably pay for them on Wednesday when I'm there, but. But just so everyone knows, there is only a hundred copies of the Lewis Small variant, and Lewis Small will be on hand signing that variant with us from eleven to five on Wednesday. That's how awesome this is. Nice. Yeah, and and, and Lewis has been super gracious, super awesome. He has really blown me away with with how like he has contacted me multiple times to make sure that that the characters were referenced correctly and everything else and and uh, he 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 wanted to be part of this project um, obviously uh, Arkham Comics has been huge supporters of the book anyway they they went ahead and they actually helped us out with with a bunch of stuff earlier Tino they they um they they had a special cover for the first issue that was limited to only 50 or 60 copies, and it sold out the one day that we actually had it available. So, so uh, this one has a has a couple more copies available, but we totally anticipate that this one will be gone like instantly. So, so uh, I, I've procured them giving it for cover price, which is 4.99 for the first day. And then after that, like if you want a copy of it, it it's probably going to go for at least ten dollars. Is that the signed copy or just a not signed copy? I think I think every copy will be signed by at least myself and Lewis. Okay. 
So, but but I do think uh, Billy Billy Parker, the the colorist um, and anchor of it, will also be uh, will also be signing it. But but I do know that that that's probably every copy signed by myself and Lewis. Nice. Pretty awesome, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, that that's that's where we are with that. Um, and and now I feel like I I need to let you start talking about pro wrestling because I need to uh, talk to Bill while while you're doing this to let him know how many copies of number three I want. <laughs> so so why don't you go ahead and start talking about the Daniel Bryan heel turn that that turned everything on its ear. And I think the reason why it turned everything on its ear because nobody really saw it coming. Um, everybody was expecting the Shane McMahon when when they went through. He won that greatest, uh, uh, the best in the world trophy. They thought that he was going to go. He was going to go heel. And then he, when he gave that match to Daniel Bryan for the title, excuse me, I was like, well. Maybe that's just him doing a hill thing. I think at the end of the match, it was a good match. It was a better match than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but when he when he won that match, and he and he won it with the low blow, so he he pulled out his inner Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, kicked AJ in, 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 right right in the ball sack uh, to, to 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 win that title. And then not only not only that, he proceeded to uh, stomp uh, Mister Mister Styles as well. I don't think that I can see. I guess it's been so long since we've seen Daniel as a heel. I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because uh, apparently Daniel was actually the one that, or I'm sorry, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, was the one that actually uh, went to Vince McMahon saying, this is my idea, what do you think of it? And a lot of people think that based on the Becky Lynch injury as well as the leaving of Roman Reigns that, that Vince McMahon started asking for like, you know, what, how do I, how, how do we get some more, more things going on so that we can actually like drudge up some interest in the product. And, and he decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on the, on the heel turn. The, the, um, the interesting thing about it though, is that, is that like you said, he kind of did the exact same thing that Shinsuke Nakamura did when he went against AJ and he decided, Oh, we're just going to start low blowing AJ at every chance we get. But he did it during the match and the referee was distracted. And Daniel Bryan now says that the yes movement is over. Yes. So, so I, I didn't get to see this week's SmackDown because my DVR actually only recorded like a minute and a half of the entire episode, which I thought was really awkward. But, uh, but, but overall, I, I did think that it was it was pretty interesting to see that Daniel Bryan uh, beat AJ in such a way that that made everybody realize that okay, this is this is shocking, and and everybody was kind of dismayed by it. But but then at Survivor Series, he he yeah, faced off saying. he faced off against Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar. Threw him around for the first ten minutes of that match, and and Tino, I've got to tell you, I was not just worried that Daniel Bryan had suffered another concussion, but I was worried for his life during that match at the beginning. 
the beginning of it, but when he that, that second half of that match when he came back and he I don't want to say dominated Brock, but he held his own and he and he managed to hold Brock at bay. I was impressed with that. I was impressed with the match that he put on with Brock Lesnar. I'm wondering though if whether or not he actually did have a concussion for the first ten minutes of the match. And and uh, obviously, as a professional, I mean, people like Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, uh, many others have have wrestled with a concussion, and they they were able to get clarity enough to to get through the match. It, it made me wonder whether or not, based on the fact that Daniel was kind of laying there like a like a dead loaf of bread, whether or not like like this was something that that is something we had to worry about. Like I. I I I was scared, you know, and I and I hadn't really felt that way since since Kurt Angle wrestled Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and and decided to do the Shooting Star Press, and we were like, why is he trying to break his own neck? You know, like like this this whole this whole concept of of what was going on here, and 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 then the story told was that. Daniel Bryan was basically playing possum and letting Brock Lesnar wear himself out so that so that by the time Daniel Bryan was able to put together a a sequence of moves and everything else that Brock Lesnar was was uh kind of spent if you will. Yeah. I don't know. There was one part when he he hit and F5 on him, then he, then he took him to Suplex City. When he started doing the suplexes, that's when I started worrying about why are they letting this dude land on the back of his head and the back of his neck like that. I don't know if he was concussed, because he, like you said, he could have played it off. I mean, hell, Mick Foley fell off the top of the fucking steel cage and managed to finish the match, so. Well, but, but Mick Foley definitely did have a concussion. <laughs> He also had a tooth sticking out of his nose, and he and he uh, and he, and you know they even said that that if you watched the WWE Network twenty years later thing, that he he had nothing in his legs when he climbed back up that cage the second time, and and by the time he actually went down and and got you know choke slammed the second time. There was nothing left in his body. Like, like that's why he fell like a sack of bricks at, at that point. And, and and based on like Daniel's whole movement and everything, I don't know if that's the way it was originally set to be or whatever. But Paul Heyman was like, yeah, holding yeah. his hand over his face, like like something isn't right. And then, I mean, it took ten minutes of that match time before before he was able to sit there and 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 put together any offense. But when he did, I mean he hit Brock with a low blow and then he went and and kicked him in the head a couple times. And and here's the interesting thing. Here's the most interesting part. That is the longest match that Brock Lesnar's had since WrestleMania 32 against The Undertaker. And that match at 18 minutes and 34 seconds is the longest match that Brock Lesnar's been in uh, pretty much, you know, besides that one against The Undertaker since, like, 2004. So so when you think about it, like, he, he, 
he put over Daniel Bryan better than almost anybody else in one match. And this is a guy that is known for not putting little guys over. This is a this is a match against a guy that like Brock Lesnar when when they sat down and talked to him about it probably sat there and said I want nothing to do with this, but yet he sold. Like Brock Brock looked beat. Yes. After that match, he looked and he, he looked worried. <laughs> something you know, and 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 shocked and surprised that Daniel was able to uh, put on that performance. Is, is Charlotte Flair a heel now? It's funny that you ask that. Because, you know what I think they're doing? I think... Because they can't get anybody to boo Becky. I don't think it's just that. I, I I literally, Tino, I think that that they're they're worried that Becky's not going to be back in time. So they're... They are taking all of those cheers, and and, and for what what Tino is asking about, folks. Becky Lynch single handedly picked Charlotte Flair, hugged her, and said something in her ear to get her to wrestle the match against Ronda Rousey at at Survivor Series, and and it wasn't a title against title or anything like that. Like all of the other matches, it it, it legitimately was. Just a grudge match, if you will. And Charlotte Flair tried to kill her. Charlotte Flair committed a crime. Let's let's say what it really was. This was Randy Orton against Mick Foley backlash 2004. Randy Orton paying his dues. That's what this match was. This was Ronda Rousey basically being in there against one of the best wrestlers in the world. And and when this best wrestler in the world could not actually beat her, she beat her, beat the shit out of her. Which which let's be real, this is exactly the way you prove to your audience that this person belongs. To who belongs, Charlotte or Rhonda? Rhonda. Charlotte's already proved that she belongs. She has she has gone toe to toe with the best female wrestlers in the world today. Today, having said that, I don't know if people are getting tired of Ronda because when Becky Lynch was talking shit to Ronda Rousey, the fans were cheering. When Charlotte Flair was beating the piss out of Ronda Rousey, the fans were cheering. So are you thinking they're turning on Ronda? Like, is, is she is she does she play with the with the Roman Reigns John Cena? They're pushing her down our throat thing. I think. Or, I I think that that what we're seeing here is is the possibility of of you know like Michael Cole sat there and said that it was a five star match in the making and and it was not. You know, it, it it had flaws. It had it had inconsistencies. It had it had everything that makes you sit there and go, "Wow, this was like this was like a match of of uh, when when it's like a Shane McMahon match, if you will." It, you know, like like you know that he's going to put on a show, 
You know that he's going to follow the script, and you know he's going to do what he's told, but at the end of the day, is it ever going to be a five-star caliber match? And the, the fact is no, and and that's that's what we got here. But, but at the same time, at the end of that match, Ronda had welts. She had... She had bruises across her entire body. Like, like she really... When I say that she was Randy Orton against Mick Foley at Backlash 2004, I mean that. And I bet Mick Foley sits there and believes that. You know, the, the guy sat there and said, up until that day, his match against Shawn Michaels at In Your House October 2001 which I don't think, well, I think it was 1998. But yeah, but that in-your-house match was his best match until Backlash 2004. And and the funny thing about that is, is that when you really look at it, his King, of the, his King of the Ring match was better than both of those, but yet, was it? No, not really. It was just shock value that made you think it was. You know, the fact that he kept getting up was... <laughs> ungodly let's let's be real like like tino i don't know how many match how many times i've watched that match i i've definitely watched it at least 25 times but but you know like like this ronda match really did really did hit everything that she needed to do to prove that she belonged in the WWE. And and she did it in a way that not everybody in the WWE's women's division has done you know, Carmella hasn't been hit by a kendo stick like that. Asuka hasn't been hit by a kendo stick like that. Like, like she basically sat there and said, treat me like a man. And hit me like a man. And she, and she, and she got the shit beat out of her. And after that, she walked out the next night and said, give me someone and let me beat them. And, and Mickey James was ripe for the picking, I guess. But, but more than anything else, I was blown away, and and I and I really do feel that like she did everything in her power to be there for that, you know, like like she she really did let herself become a wrestler for one real night, like she wasn't protected with those shots. See, she took chair shots, she took kendo stick shots. Yeah, I, I don't know how real ever, that one ever is, but but I mean, like, when she walked up the ramp and they were booing her, she I pissed. I thought I thought it was about to be a heel turn for Ronda Rousey. I I was well, it, it was a heel turn for Charlotte. Charlotte was supposed to be the face, yeah. and she was doing this for Becky and blah blah blah. But but they were cheering. But they were cheering. And it was funny because Rhonda was like, this is my house, I'm from L.A., and of course then they booed the shit out of her for it. But I think I think it was one of those moments where, like, even though Bray Wyatt's a bad guy, we cheer him because we know that he's going to put on a show. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like, like at some point people are going to realize... Rhonda's willing to do whatever it takes to get over and not just get over but get the women's division over and get it to where like she says I wasn't just given this spot 
to be this popular, I was given this spot because I can get our entire division this popular. And I, and I, and I really, I, I, I think that what she did at Survivor Series proved that. And, and I, I posted that multiple times that, that she did, she, she paid her dues. Yes. So that, and I think the only other thing that I'm interested in is, and it's a two-part thing, is the, is the Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin match, but it's also, I was reading somewhere, that your girlfriend might be taking over general manager duties at the TLC, which is my next question, is how bad is she hurt? I thought she was just concussed, I figured she'd be out for a couple of weeks. Well, here's here's the good news. Based on what everything is saying and everything is is driven out there, is that Alexa Bliss is not in any danger of not being allowed to compete. So it's not gonna be a page thing. It's not a page thing. Correct. However, it is taking longer for her to get over it. And at the same time, I think that my own personal opinion here is based on her size and her de de demeanor, if you will. She makes a better authority figure than she does a wrestler on a regular basis. At the same time, I think that that allows her to, to have the WrestleMania match, but yet still be over with the crowd because she is better at talking than almost every other woman wrestler out there. So keep the heel, the heel authority figure going. I, I, I one time like she's about to go face. I because because this is what I'm thinking, Tino. I'm thinking that what you're gonna see is you may see Baron Corbin as the male authority figure, and Stephanie McMahon step in and give Alexa Bliss the female authority figure, so that that way the women's division can have that female authority figure that can have that one match every six months or so. In order, and so there's my next question, in order for Baron to keep his job, he's got to beat Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman loses, he doesn't get another shot at the title. I think that what we're going to see, because I don't think Braun Strowman's going to be ready to wrestle, uh, considering, considering now they're actually saying that he is having uh, elbow surgery, I don't think he's going to be ready to wrestle at December, which means Baron Corbin will stand in the ring and get a 10 count, you know? And and I think, just like I said when it came to uh, Becky Lynch, where I feel that Becky Lynch should be coming out trying to get the Stone Cold Steve Austin pop of, I don't care if I'm not allowed to wrestle, you're going to sit there and you're going you're gonna to recognize my my ability to do what I need to here. And uh, you know, see she what we can. The man. Well, she, which is really weird, and you know, but since she's calling herself the man, I'm cool with it. You know, if it was just Rhonda saying, "Oh, you beat the man, so you are the man," that's fine, whatever. But because she's like, "I am the man," I'm cool with it. But, but like, they need to push it in the way that they pushed Austin, which was, "You're not allowed to compete." So have her come out, drop people with the disarm her or the or the bexplex, and and just get that over with. 
and get it over. You know what I mean? Like, like constantly drive that, 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 that way of doing it because people will buy her walking down to the ring during a Carmella versus Asuka match and just putting them both in suplexes and then arm bars. Like, like they will sit there and eat that shit up. But yet right now we're sitting there going, is she going to be ready? Is she going to be, it doesn't matter if she's going to be ready. Like, they can protect her enough to where she comes down, kicks someone in the stomach, gives them a Bexplex, and it's done. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is the same thing for Braun? It, they could. It's two different shows. So they absolutely could do it. Like, right now with Braun, like, having Braun come out and them sit there and go, Braun, we know that your elbow isn't, isn't allowing you to compete. Like, why, why in the hell... Would he not still sit there and come out and actually like choke slam everybody? He's got another arm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the crowd will eat it up if he comes down and he goes, he goes, I appreciate the fact that you say I can't do it, but you're going to get these hands. You know? Like we would yeah. eat it up. Every single one of us. We, we know where it's going. We, 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 We'll be blown away by it. But but it doesn't matter. We, we would still sit there and be like, I need to get these hands t-shirt now. Yeah. You know, the, look at how Austin 316 actually took off. Did it take off at King of the Ring? No. Yeah. Because his very next match was against Savio Vega. He didn't face off against the, the WWE champion. It wasn't anything like that. It took It took nine months. And, and nine months later, after all of that was said and done, he lost to Bret Hart, bleeding out of his face. And it wasn't until Owen Hart almost broke his neck that Steve Austin turned the wrestling world on its fucking head. Because at that moment is when everybody sat there and said, he's going to stun Vince McMahon at Madison Square Garden in September. And when he stunned Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon did the whole... The shot of water. Did the shot of water, yeah. When he when he did that, that's when Austin 316 took off. It, it wasn't before that. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even when he was cleared to wrestle. He wasn't cleared yet. It was... It, it, it made you sit there and go, I have to watch this. And Vince McMahon knew that he had something. And and right now with Becky with Becky Lynch, I would keep her off TV for a couple weeks, which it looks like is what they're doing. But when I would bring her back, I would have her come back and Paige sit there and be the one that's like, "You're not allowed to wrestle. Don't even try. Don't even try to wrestle right now. You're not allowed to." And have Paige sit there and and like I said, I I get. I get she can't take any neck injury stuff, right? But Mick Foley can't take a kick to the head, but CM Punk kicked him in the belly. Yeah. So put Paige in the disarmor. Like, yeah. why not? You know, I'm, I really wish that they would let Becky Lynch use the Stone Cold Stunner. Because I think that she's she's the quality candidate to take it and use it, you know? I think they're saving that for uh, your boy when he gets back KO. KO? Absolutely. I, I think you're right. I, I, You know, he totally used it against Roman multiple times. Um, but 
But if if Becky were to do it on SmackDown, dude, if she sat there and kicked Paige in the belly and then gave her a stunner, what would that do? Break the neck, break Paige's neck. You, it, it would not. But what would it do? It would blow that crowd up. You know, and, and Braun Strowman, exactly the same thing. Like I said, if he sits there and he, he's looking at he's looking at Stephanie McMahon and Stephanie McMahon's like, don't you even try to hit me and blah, blah, blah. And then Vince McMahon comes out and Vince McMahon at 71 years old sits there and says, don't you even try to hit my daughter, you know? And then, and then Braun Strowman goes, if you keep it up, Vince, I don't care if my elbow's like all torn up. You're going to get these hands. That crowd is going to explode. Explode, yeah. dude! Like there, there's, there's not even a, there's not even a question. Sure that. You know, and and we saw it when KO hit Vince McMahon with the headbutt. Oh God! The wrestling world exploded. But yeah, and I said I've called it since then. He, he, he I think. He's going to be the next Stone Cold, but that was before Becky. That was before Becky, so I don't know. It's, it's up in the air now between KO and Becky. I, it, KO, when he comes back, they're going to bring him back as a baby face. Yeah. You know, and the, and the real question is whether or not they're going to bring back Sami Zayn as a baby face, because I bet they both come back about the same time. Yeah, I uh, I think a lot of people want him to come back as El Generico. I think a lot of people actually want him to come back as two different characters, El Generico and Sami Zayn. And then all of a sudden, like, have him sit there and pull the mask off and be like, Because <gasps> imagine how many people haven't watched haven't watched the, the indie scene to see that there is an El Generico. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it'd be crazy. It would blow that shit wild, dude. Like, they, Mick Foley was in the Royal Rumble as three characters one year. Yeah. Like, why can't they do it again? It's fucking mind-boggling, you know? They, they don't have to. They've got plenty of wrestlers. But imagine if El Generico ended up running down to the Royal Rumble in January... And then after he got eliminated, Sami Zayn came running down again. Where the fuck did Sami come from? Exactly. You know, like, like that's exactly where they should go. Like, let's make it a 40-man battle royal again. Yeah. And one last thing I want to say before we wrap this up is we may be having another uh, big wrestling promotion to get the WWE a run for money. Have you heard about this? The owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's, it seems that he's bought the uh, all the elite uh, copyrights. Uh, it seems he has a as hushed as supposed to be quiet. Jericho, uh, Jr. Somebody else I was reading. So, so interestingly enough, it looks like the the influence and everything from Jericho and Jr. is blown 
out of proportion, as I put up the air quotes. The uh, Everything that we've heard about it looks like it's actually Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Marty Skrull actually being the ones that are actually putting all of this out there and getting the Shah's uh, uh, involvement with it. So the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and, and the address for his for his arena yes. looks like they are going to um, uh, create um, what what do they call it I, I, I want to say it's all in wrestling but it's not all in it's it's something else it's it's uh, but but regardless of that uh, Jericho will probably be involved uh, Jim Ross will probably be involved if Jericho's involved in I can't see it being without Vince McMahon's approval. So you're saying it's not going to be competition? No, no, no. I, I, I do think it's competition. I think I think that, that Vince McMahon thinks the competition is actually good to get his writers writing product that people want to watch. Uh, with, with WCW kind of competition. No. If wrestlers aren't happy with WWE, no, I, I I think that it's going to be like Impact, where when Christian decided, okay, I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not I'm not main event caliber. I'm going to go and win the the Impact Championship, and then come back and be the ECW champion. I think that's that's what we're looking at. However, if they wanted to make Tuesday Night Titans or whatever it's called, into an actual TV show. I think that they're doing it at the right time when when SmackDown looks like it's moving back to Friday nights for Fox, so that that way Tuesday is actually open for a new promotion to actually have a legitimate chance at being successful. Because, because without major, major name recognition day one... They have no chance. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that what you're saying is really funny talking about this, but then I also think that it's pretty funny when we talk about the fact that Lars Sullivan, who's supposedly going to SmackDown here shortly, also called all of, all of the uh, Ring of Honor guys vanilla midgets because, because he didn't think that they could actually beat anybody up. And when you look at Lars Sullivan, that guy's a legitimate beast. Yes. Whoop, whoop. She's dreaming. She's under the table sleeping. Dreaming. <laughs> she's dreaming. <laughs> I think she's a Lars Sullivan fan. I think that's what we're hearing. <laughs> so, so I, I think there's a lot going on, Tino. I think I think that. Uh, Sorry. No, you're fine. I, I think there's a lot going on with the wrestling industry. I think that, that you know, knowing that Cody's last match is against Jay Lethal at at uh, Final Battle, I think that, I think that um, you know, we, we obviously used the Jay Lethal uh, entrance tonight for, for our show, but, but I think that that Cody feels that the industry needs something different, and I think that... I think that just getting paid by other people isn't doing what he really feels like is his position in in the wrestling world, and and I kind of agree with that. I 
you know, I was kind of thinking that what we would see is with this Fox deal, the WWE signing all these guys to, to major contracts, which apparently Fox doesn't even want them doing like a uh, brand extension and, and a uh, trade-off of, of characters at this point. They, they, want, they want who they've already signed and probably bringing in some old people that, that you know, are name recognition like Hulk Hogan or whatever to help improve the Fox branded name of SmackDown. But, but at the same time, it's really interesting because I could totally see this guy starting up a promotion just to get these guys a much better payday to go to the WWE and work on SmackDown. Like, almost like an agent. Like he sits there and he says, "I'm going to start my own because I own the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm a billionaire. I can go ahead and go right into competition against Vince McMahon." And then Vince McMahon comes in and says, "Hey, instead of uh, competing against you, how about we, uh, how about we buy that out right now and uh, we just go ahead and add you to SmackDown." We do more shows in Orlando. We do more shows in Jacksonville. We do more shows at your uh, at your facility, and and we go from there. and And before you know it, everybody's happy. Hmm. I hope not. I, I think they need competition. I think they need healthy competition and a place for the boys to go. Like I said, we've always talked about it. The, the dream for 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 you know New Japan and ROH, maybe even the you know, Impact to join forces to to give Vince a run for his money because I think that's when it was that's when the, the attitude area that's when it was the best man when when Vince wasn't the only kid on the block and you had a choice of, of what to watch I think that's why everything's so stale now he doesn't have he doesn't have that competition so his writers are, like you said are like uh, fuck it yeah you know I, I I totally agree with you I, I I I do think that competition is a good thing I think that American competition is a really good thing I think that that these guys, as much as they think they can get over and actually create a promotion, I don't think they're there yet. I think that they, what they really need is is the buy-in of New Japan, Ring of Honor, and Impact all working together to actually create a major wrestling promotion that actually works against the WWE. And I, and I think that you have too many heads trying to prevail... And, and put one above the others, and that's why it's never worked out the way that they want it to. Like, Ring of Honor in New Japan seems to work fine, but as soon as you add in the impact idea to it, 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 it all seems to shit the bed, you know? So so I, I, I think that there's, that there's just something not quite right there, you know? Like, like something is preventing it. And maybe it is the money from the American input which which could come from the Shahs. I don't know. I, I I just I just think that there's that there's something missing right now and they, they need to work that out and, and when they do, that's when we're going to actually see real competition to the WWE again. Alright. Well it's about that time I think we've hit that hour mark. Um, we we've hit longer than that hour mark. We're actually at one fifteen. But uh I I agree with you, Tino. <laughs> I do think that we need to try to get back together before we go like three weeks again or whatever it was this time. Yeah, well, I mean, just 
I mean, schedules are crazy. Yeah, no, no. Me working retail at Christmas, it's, it's, uh, so, we promise folks after, I'm sure, what, another month or so, we'll, we will be back on a regular, normal basis. It's just, excuse me, schedules are crazy. I had to hiccup her. I thought you were, thought you were going to throw up there. You're like, yeah, I was like, that's a hiccup and a burp. I'm like, here it comes. <laughs> All right, folks. You can catch him at Podcheck on Twitter um, and on the photo thing. <laughs> when you send pictures and stuff, you know what I'm saying. What now? Instagram. <laughs> He's on Instagram. It's Rob Podcheck at Instagram. Instagram, uh, you can check the, the show out on Twitter, Pacientino, uh, or Pacientino Show on Facebook. You can catch me out at HootieFan91 or SCTino on, on the Instagram. Um, as always, we want to say thank you to Adam's House Cats for the wrestling song. And until we meet again, Rick Flair's out there somewhere with Ashley, aka Charlotte Flair, and they are saying, Woo! Yeah. Good night, everybody. Everybody wants to be the next.